The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. The SGPN Fantasy Football team is also giving away a Lamar Jackson jersey in the month of May. Leave a five-star review on our Spotify or Apple podcast to enter. You can DM us your review at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter to confirm your entry. The winner will be selected May 31st. DGENs assemble. Welcome to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is Mr. Andrew, the TD King, Rob. And tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Davis Peng of the Fantasy Six Pack. How are we doing, gentlemen? I'm good. I'm just excited to be here. Thanks for reaching out and having me on. Um, always. I'm just stoked to get drafty, man. It's BBM4. Mania is here. Mania is here. Andrew, how are you doing, sir? I know you have uh, some personal mania going on on your side of things. Yes, as you like to point out, the dynasty has grown in the Rob household. I did have my second young little man, uh, Triton. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he did have to stay at the hospital. He's in the NICU. So it's just been a hectic uh, few couple days here. But, um, you know, I talked to him today. He told me it was cool if I did the podcast and uh, try to win this $3 million. So I'm excited. Right man. Let's go. Did he give you his picks? Uh, our, our ADP heroes? Yeah. We talked a little best ball strategy the other day. Uh, it's actually, it was funny. I was just talking to him, you know, just holding him. And he's, you know, just kind of looking at me. My wife's kind of looking at me as I'm talking strategy with him. I'm like, you don't get it. It's a lifestyle. Like, just just, just let it alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got to imagine he's going to have some good advice, you know, having uh, that, that keen side of his. We are here to do some best ball mania for very, very excited. I'm going to go ahead and just peek my head in here because obviously this is going to take up a, a good amount of our time. So, and it's $25. Uh, I just lost another $25. Don't want to jump in that one, boys. All right. This so happened to me the other now. night. This happened to me the other night. I was going to so. say, Andrew, your uh, first Manny will be, Ar uh, will be Archie Manning or Arch Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and jump in now, boys. Uh, yeah, 10 more, it. nine more. Yep, nine more. You in, Davis? Oh, let me hop in right now. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we got Let's eight go. more. So eight oh, more. No. This happened to me the other night on our uh, on our first episode. Uh, I've, of course, I was the last one in. It started immediately. No opportunity to get out. This one, it had one more to, to go, and I probably could have pulled out really quick, but I was just not fast on the right. fingers. So. Your pullout game was not strong, as they said. My, my pullout game was <laughs> not strong. Um, I will also be having a kid here pretty soon, speaking of my pullout game not being strong. So, you know, a <laughs> couple more months here, and, uh, you know, I'll be right there joining the, the father party. <laughs> yeah, it's although, it's, it's although, a wild ride to say the least. Although I will say, Andrew, you've caused a stir in my house because now that your child has come early, my wife is convinced like it's any day now. So, uh, well, tell her my, my my first one was full term and didn't even want to come out. We, we had to yeah. have a C section to get him out because he didn't want to come out. 
she she said she's like you realize like seven weeks early is like two weeks from now <laughs> like damn it yeah, yeah who, it knows? who knows what will happen we'll see we'll see it can happen unfortunately all right, all right. let's see where we're at here should Good be pretty loss. close. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it up here on the board. Yep. Yeah. Say one more start. So Davis, why don't you tell the good people listening that may not uh, you know know who you are or follow you know what you do? Why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do? Oh man, good good thing. Uh, so I write for Fantasy Six Pack. It's primarily where I write. I also write for Stochastic on the Stochastic. Also, I have some good picks. If you want to see what I wrote for them last year, you can check out their website. It was a free articles. And then I also do a show with Road to 150 with Hope, which is basically maxing out, man. Like, that's what we are. We're DJ, we're grinders. You guys know this. You know SGPN. It's all about the degenerates. Um, <laughs> it's maxing out, getting big down there. And yep. that's what I mostly do. We're best ball content mainly, a little bit of redraft. Um, I like what I like, uh, but I suck at Dynasty. So <laughs> this is from <laughs> well, full management to no management. Um, this is where I'm at. Uh, multiple finalists from Puppy One, Puppy Three, um, both years. Thirty percent advance rates, just fun things like that. I, I think I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we'll see this year if I can repeat again. Um, what is your what is your handle, Davis? He's a uh, he's in the seventh spot. It's Jumanji two zero two. I'm from the seventh. Gotcha, spots. gotcha. Okay, it's Jumanji two zero two. It's a name that I've been rocking for longer than I should, and I'm just. <laughs> I have asked UD if I can change it, and they said no. <laughs> they were like, not, not if you want to keep your badge, pal. So let's yeah. see. So Justin, you were in the one spot, got the old influencer 101, as Pete Overs, it says. Uh, yes, Davis in the seven, and I am rocking the 11 spot. Yeah. So. And we're off like a herd of turtles. I've already got uh, my share of Justin Jefferson. Let's ride. I think I'm in like 16, 17 of these, and I've only had one 101. Oh, dang. And I haven't had one in a while. I, I have not had one for a long, long while. Um, but again, now that I have one, it's time for a Vikings build. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Wheels up. <laughs> uh oh. Okay, I was gonna say it was it was uh, clicking back and forth there between being on the clock and not on the clock. So we got Jefferson, Chase, McCaffrey, Kelsey at four. Man, that's something I want to ask you guys about because I, I I did one of these earlier and was in the five spot. Kelsey fell to me, and I just picked him because I was hoping to get Mahomes, which did not work out. But how do you guys feel about Kelsey going so high? I mean, you know, it's it's hard to pick a tight end that high. Kelsey's kind of a unicorn there, but it just feels dirty to pick a tight end so early because there's so many values at tight ends as you go through the draft. So how do you guys feel about Kelsey? You know, in the four or five spot. I. God, must show age. That's right. So Gronk, right? Like Gronk is like the round one guy we hold to epitome. Kelsey's a second. And here's the kicker I always have about any tight end that is like the guy. It's hard to repeat certain numbers, right? Like mm -hmm. what makes Kelsey so special is he's basically like wide receiver one in a tight end. Is it repeatable for Kelsey? Yes. But the problem with Kelsey is always kind of like, we flounder on him the most like oh one year he's a, a second round guy one year he's a first round guy one year's a second round guy and i don't like my first round picks to be those guys i want guys who i just believe are first rounders like you know stefan diggs i'm not a diggs guy but i'll admit he's a first rounder a back to back to back first round tyreek hill is a should have been a back to back to back to back to back first rounder right Devontae adams is a so kelsey's one because i think fluctuates and it's because sometimes he has down years and you feel double the worse about a bad Kelsey pick. But you, mm -hmm. you can't go three tight end. You you really can't go 
you know, Kelsey into a Waller pick because, you know, it's weird. So when you have a bad Kelsey year, it's utterly terrible. Like, it's your draft is basically done, you know, unless you get lucky and find the next Dawson Knox that year, which is, once again, a crap, you know, a crapshoot. So I'm not a fan of it. I think you're giving a lot of value. Is it a bad pick? No. But I feel like when you're mad about that pick, you're really mad about it. It does. And that's kind of what I was thinking too, is like, man, you know, if, if, if Kelsey hits, it's a fine pick. If not, then it's like, you know, you, you think to yourself, I knew I shouldn't have did it and I still did it anyway. But again, it's, it's Kelsey. I mean, it's the name mm-hmm. value. It's what he does in that offense. It's, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, is an, an awesome quarterback to have as the guy throwing him the ball. So it's not a bad pick. I, I just was curious, but you, you mentioned Dawson Knox. So let me ask you guys, you know, obviously Dalton Kincaid, coming to town now so how do you guys feel about the bills tight ends you know what what's your strategy with that are you still thinking dawson knox is the guy to get this year or do you think kincaid can possibly uh you know step in and and kind of take over that role i think they're both going to middle each other uh until you see like an injury whether it be from one of those two or one of their receivers uh but i don't think that any one of them is going i think that they you know could boom or bust back and forth and kind of share like you know a tight end one position like tight end 11 through 13 you know on and off but mm-hmm. if they're both there and they're both healthy it's going to be a tough situation to read yep I, Dawson Knox is interesting so I mean I looked at Dawson Knox's film from every year he's played and what his stat line was and my god I felt doubly embarrassed because we did a show right before the draft hit and I was like yeah keep an eye on Dawson Knox you know he's still a guy I'm targeting in BBM4 and then they were like, with the first round, we're going to select, you know, a tight end. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. That's really blew me up. Uh, I think that rookie tight ends always have a heart. Um, it's very rare for most rookie tight ends to break, right? Even the best of it with good situations like Pat Fryermuth is someone I think was like what we should expect from a good tight end year, right? Pat F had a great rookie year. Hmm. Um, uncontested though with big ben who loves his tight end loves short dink and passes i think when you look at someone like kincaid and knox i think you're looking at them play two different roles you're looking at one guy to play the flats the outs the ins on short under six yard targets uh, a dot targets like on the a dot and you're looking at knox as a 10 a dot guy so i think knox is more of a down the field tight end and you see it a lot for his type of plays that he makes you know he was never a good at a slant type he's a guy like 10 yards down 12 years down his yards per reception the last two years before last before last year was 12 or better. So he's a down the field person, I think. So I do think they cut into each other, but I but it's not as detrimental to Knox's projections. Like I still think Knox is still a 600 yard guy, six touchdowns. Um, any more, any less, that's on you. But I think that he's at still that stat line. Yep. <clears throat> oh. This guy in the two spot went Fields and then Lamar Jackson. A little bold, a little bold. Someone should tell him the uh, Superflex drafts are over. I make fun <laughs> of those kind of guys all the time, and I get a lot of crap for that. They're well, his like, name is Hot Dog Finger, so you know he doesn't have great hands either. <laughs> I don't know if I would do all that. I started off with uh, Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, going to probably be my hero RB. Uh, and then T Higgins, who I haven't really gotten a lot of, uh, as like a naked share, a lot of stacking with him. So I'm interested to see what I can do there. I'm a little bit more interested in him over Chris Olave and Devonta Smith with, uh, the weapons that have been added to both the saints and Eagles offenses. Um, that was really the tiebreaker there for me. You know, you, you saw 
Um, Hayden Hurst leave that that um, Carol. I was about to say Carolina that Bengals offense, and I feel like that could open things up a little bit more. I know they went not went out and grabbed Irv Smith, but uh, you know, can't trust. Well, them that, I hate healthy. this pick the most. I hate this portion of the round because do I want to grab Jacobs or Manja Etienne? Like I don't really feel good about any of those guys. Yeah, and I'm gonna get a lot of crap for this pick, but I, I'm just gonna Let's go see down. It. Let's see it. I bet you get a lot of love from us. Down and just mm, grab. I'm, a, I'm a Najee guy. I, yeah, I, I like Najee a think, lot. I actually think Najee uh, has has top top. Uh, you know, I, I would say eight upside. Personally, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. They you ran know, the ball a lot to finish the season last year. Yeah, he he lacks a lot of bursts, and I think that's what kills people for him. It's all like, well, you're never getting a night. You're not getting a Dalvin Cook ninety yard one touchdown hit. Um, yeah, but he can get five or six targets a game easy. You're buying, yeah, you're buying volume. Um, Etn, I think, is down right now. I think Ramondre is more down than we expect. Like mm-hmm. people are going to make fun of James Robinson, right? Like that's just what we do. Right. But he's so going to like James Robinson <laughs> eats eight touchdowns, right? Like how goofy are we going to feel when he eats like six touchdowns this year? And I just kills like all of Ramondre's upside, right? Like Ramondre can have 1200 yards and like five touchdowns. And like, we're not good with a third round pick. Um, DK Metcalf is interesting. Kenneth Walker is basically kind of dead in the water. It's like, I hate this part of the draft. I would love to be on the ends, the front end or the butt end, because I feel like I'm not losing EDP value drafting at 38, 39 versus if I'm drafting at 31 and I have to be choose between DK Metcalf right now, which is like really hard to do. I was actually thinking DK there. I, I know it's it, it has to taken, feel which is tough. yeah. It, you have to feel a little bit lower on him with the Jackson Smith pick, but I just feel so good about that offense. I feel a lot better about the Seahawks after them getting Charbonnet and JSN. It doesn't look good on paper for fantasy, but I think that the results that they're going to get as a football team, I think honestly, at the end of the year, we're going to be happy with what we are getting of our shares of that offense. I think the one interesting thing about DK that I think a lot of people like, like to discount is actually how good – I don't think Geno is that good, but how good that offense can be ran, right? I was looking at Kirk Cousin numbers a couple years ago uh, for like his 2014, 2016 numbers. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, there's no way Geno can do you know good numbers, like 45 yards. But here's the one thing that like the people said last year. He can't do good with – Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. And there's no way DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like, you know, 60% of target shares. That's what the Seahawks have always done, though. They've always overloaded their wide receivers. Doug Baldwin was over-targeted. Uh, DK Metcalf over-targeted. They, I can't think of anybody that wasn't, like, the, the first two receivers. I don't know the third and fourth, so half of the rosters for the Seattle right. Seahawks. This will probably be one of the few years you'll know who all three of the receivers are, like, in a good way. Um so like to get back to Kirk Cousins, like Kirk Cousins was a guy that we didn't view too greatly, but he's had a 5,000 yard season before passing. Mm-hmm. Like he did like for 4,900 yards before because he just had three great weapons. Uh, and I think this is one of those teams that, you know, DK Metcalf is probably overpriced a little bit, but they don't want him to run like certain routes. They just want him to do nines, you know, fades, maybe comeback routes, but they don't want him over the middle. They want him post that kind of stuff. So I think. It's if you look at him like a Deshaun Jackson type guy, but bigger, mm-hmm. you can see all three of them get maybe a thousand to eight hundred yards each, right? I mean, the only person oh, I, the, the eight hundred is definitely in the wheelhouse. I I think that with the commitment to Charbonnet, I feel like you know they're going to run the ball a fair amount too. So I think eight hundred is definitely in the wheelhouse. But I mean, a booming season, the thousands well in the oh man, someone yeah. just sniped Hawkins. Yeah, I think we thousands see like, well in play. We see like two one thousand yard seasons and like an eight hundred yard season. 
because mm-hmm. there's no way they're fluctuating a fourth or a fifth receiver in there. Like, who are they going to put in there? Like, who's even Dwayne, Dwayne Eskridge? They're just going to float him a little bit harder. Like, so right. these guys will be hyper targeted. We saw this before with, like I said, 2016 Kirk Cousins had Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, and um, there was one more guy, uh, Deshaun Jackson. All those guys had like 1,800 yards apiece. And yeah. those weapons are nowhere near as good as the three weapons they have now on the Seattle mm-hmm. Seahawks. Although I will say though, at, at pick three, I don't want a thousand yard receiver. Like I want more than a thousand yards. So it's a tough call there. Yeah. No, absolutely. Are you guys who do you guys like so far in your guys' like current drafts? I mean, how many drafts have you done? Oh, uh I'm total all in. I'm probably pushing close to fifty now between all the different formats. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, a lot of late round guys for me, like those those early on guys like Chubba Hubbard, Michael Carter. I'm, I'm getting off of them now. I'm getting less exposure, but those were definitely some some later round guys that I really liked uh, early on. Um, Deontay Johnson's value is just stupid. I've moved him up, I think, like 19 or 20 spots in my best ball rankings. Uh, underdog had him at like, I want to say it was like 30 or 40 something. It was just ridiculous seeing him constantly being discounted. Um, yeah, that's fair. Any other ones that, that that I missed on uh, Andrew that we've been consistently hitting? No, I mean uh, another guy for me that mm-hmm. I've drafted a lot of because uh, I like his value is James Cook. Um, mm-hmm. You know they didn't really add anybody that scares me at all either. Uh, even with with Latavius Murray going there now, so that's still somebody that I'm focusing on trying to draft, especially when I go zero RB. Um, you know I, I just think that he has a very very large upside, and that's somebody I'm tr- gonna, again going to try to get in this draft since I do have the stack of Allen and Diggs already. Right. I think that's kind of because that's funny because I, I like I'm a Harris guy. I've always liked Damian Harris, mm-hmm. and um, and I think you're right. Like James Cook is discounted in a weird way. You're, you're talking about like this. What's something with the Bills? People like never draft the bill above 100. Like every bill is like at <laughs> ADP 100 or later. The last like four years. Um, I think it's a little interesting. I, I I find it weird that they are discounted as hard as they are. I do think there's a lot of value yeah. in both those guys, though. So, yeah, I want a Keenan Allen right before me. Damn. Yeah the uh, the Commandos backfield as well. I've been getting a lot of like Gibson and Robinson just stacked with each other uh, because I do a lot of zero RB. Uh, so in the in the later rounds, like they're just, I mean, they're waiting for you at a turn to just grab them both if you're not really exposed to running back. Yeah. Davis, who's your fa- like? What's your favorite landing spot for one of those rookie um, running backs? Oh man, the rookie running backs are really weird this year, right? You're talking about like Jameer Gibbs to the Lions, Chase Brown to the Bengals. I want to say if I had to like pick a guy, I think it's Jeff Wilson. Sorry, not Jeff Wilson. Kendra uh, Miller. Mm-hmm. Kendra Miller is like in this weird predicament that I think Alvin Kamara gets suspended, and. And I, you know, if he doesn't, then fine, whatever. But he's with Jamal Williams, who I think is great in real life, probably, and a good player, as in this aspect of coach's guy, knows football, great by football IQ, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But he's never been the greatest runner. Uh, Kendrick Miller like is in a situation where he's likely to be a one-two punch. And he might start off slow for the half first half of this year, but I think by second half of the season, it's going to look really good. Um, I just can't see a, I can't see a, here's the thing. Alvin Kamara is already semi banged up every single year. 
So, and he's already on a big contract, so they could dump him. So I feel like either they keep Alva Kamara and Miller, or it's going to be Williams and Miller. And I think that no matter what, Miller is like this guy for this team. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm on him a little bit more than I am for a lot of the other rookies. Like you talk, I know people are like in on Gibbs and, but Gibbs about high value touches scares me. Like we know what Dave Montgomery is. People want to make fun of Montgomery, but he breaks tackles. He breaks arm tackles. He trucks a bunch of dudes. And he, you know, is the type of guy to finish with 1300 yards, like all scrimmage and 10 touchdowns or eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then what does Gibbs get? Right. Like four touchdowns and like, 60 yards receiving like that's not good for me it's not good for anybody um so i just really like what miller's situation is i think he has a chance of high value touches possibly in the future i think by second half of the season yeah no yeah great yes, yes, yes. so i think i think he replaces like jamal like i think he just does mm-hmm. replace him in both ways either or um if jamal's the guy then he'll probably be the pass catching guy if alvin kamara is the guy then he's probably the three he's probably the goal line guy so you're winning either way for how late he's going oh man deandre swift really moved up these last few days how do you guys yeah, it helps when you get on a, on a good offense i mean i guess detroit wasn't terrible offensively last year they just hated him <laughs> just disrespected the man i love uh, the chris godwin value yeah i love chris godwin and mike evans right now i think they're just this year's DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love Evans. I have him probably down to like wide receiver, wide receiver thirty-one right now because I just, I don't know, I don't know if he can survive with those quarterbacks. I feel like they're still going to try to play the market. Like I still feel like they could maybe be involved for like a Carson Wentz because, I mean, I just, I'm really not excited to see that offense with Trask or Baker Mayfield. Like, I hate Baker. I hate Baker. Yeah, I just junk. But the one thing I do like about Baker is he plays hero ball. Yeah. Right? Like you may hate him in like your team in real life. Mm-hmm. You may hate him in whatever, but like hero ball players, I love. I want I want bad Ryan Fitzpatrick going out there, throwing <laughs> the ball 50 50 contested. And I think Mike Evans yeah. wins those kind of touches, like those kind of games. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Evans has played with just junk QBs his entire career up into Tom Brady, right? I know people, we love. We love Jameis Winston because it's a cute story of 30 for 30, but that's not a good stat line. Like no one's ever propping anyone up for 30 for 30. Jameis Winston. I, I didn't love that. I, I think I lost to him actually in the finals that year in fantasy. Like, you know how angry I was watching that shit? <laughs> it's it's absolutely just junk. Like James Winston has just proven that he's just crappier Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick basically took his job, right? So right. now you're with Baker, you're with Trask, whatever situation you're in. Mike Evans has borderline QB proof he's played with like Mike Lennon and he's yeah. played with like all sorts of just crap and he's just done it and the one thing I think Mike Evans has over a lot of these receivers and pick 70 80 90 is he has red zone threat mm-hmm. right like he has hey man I'm just gonna just give you the ball and I hope you get me a touchdown like any Mike Evans game it's like either zero yards or 80 and a touchdown yeah, I, I was looking at him because uh, that was a guy I was actually staying away from. Uh, he's really inefficient in the red zone. Like if he could clean that up, I think that his value uh, will increase substantially. But over his career, he's just been so inefficient within the red zone. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously between the 20s, he's, he's good. And that's where a lot of his touchdowns come from. But man, in the red zone, he sucks. He's oh, yeah. so inefficient. In the five, it's rough. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking about like Jack. He said, mostly I look at the 20. I just feel like he just gets a shot. Um I was watching his games last year and I was like, was he bad? 
And I, and I just feel like he wasn't. I think he was good enough. And you watch a lot of like Brady being inconsistent. You watch a lot of Brady being kind of bad and a lot of things like that. And I think it affected a lot of um, Mike Evans' numbers. Mike Evans is still a bully. Like he still mm -hmm. bullies men at the, you know, he bullied, you know, Panthers all up and down the field. And we make fun of him for that missed catch where he just didn't catch that ball um, because, you know, he just dropped it. But like, look how much yardage he had on that guy to begin with, you know? Um, so I always look at that and go, he still got it. And he's one of those, like, he could be your fifth receiver, your sixth receiver on, mm -hmm. mostly your fifth, right? Your fourth to fifth receiver that can leapfrog the other receivers on your team. And that's why I like him. You know, I was just considering him and he would have been my my fifth. Exactly. And that's why I like him. Honestly, I would have taken him right there. He would have been my fifth. Um, but he well, has a yeah, shot. Yeah, you had Godwin. That would have been great. Yeah. I love taking that combo. But I, And that's why I like him. He's your fifth receiver that can leapfrog any of the top four you have. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like I said, I've, I've knocked him down my rankings just because the trust level is just not as high, obviously, as, as years prior with, with Brady. Um, oh, man, I was really feeling about going Jordan Addison. I thought he'd come back to me. Damn. Recency bias. Damn. I, I, it's hard to like Evans. I don't disagree with anyone on that regard because it's right. like he's not a speedster. He, he's built off his physicality. And once he loses that, he's going to fall off a complete cliff. I mm -hmm. just think we're not there yet. You know, he's, you know, he could be like, he's like probably like our version of Brandon Marshall, right? Like he's this generation's Brandon Marshall, like just this hulky dude that does hulky dude things, maybe a little bit mm -hmm. less finesse. Um, yeah. But he catches six to eight touchdowns a season, but he's probably helping you in six to eight games out of your flex. Minimally. Yeah. If there's like six to eight games where he could get Brandon Marshall 30% target share, that'd be great. That'd be that'd be awesome. I mean, who's wide receiver three on this team, right? Or tight end on this team? No one really knows. It's, it's, don't be so mean to Russell Gage. You know, he's, he's trying to make a name for himself down there still. I know he was <laughs> right by year, Tom. Man. I tried to love him last year. It was hard. Well, Tom <laughs> Tom was like the the big co-signment. Like apparently, Tom wanted Russell Gage from something that he saw, I guess, in like their matchup when he was playing against Atlanta uh, the year prior. So that was like all him. So now that GM Tom is gone, who knows what'll happen with him? I don't know. Yeah. K dot and two don't love K dot or don't hate K dot and with a, a potential Trask or a Baker Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of the things I like to look at. Like I look at right. where he fits in a lot of drafts. He fits as mm -hmm. four to five, and I don't think there's many good four to five receivers that are better than him in that regard. And that's why mm -hmm. I take him. That's why I take too much of him sometimes. Right. I'm just looking for guys that like have that potential to kind of just ruin my season or ruin somebody else's just randomly. And I think Mike Evans is like that guy. Oof, I'm in a weird spot right now. Yeah, Andrew, you want to hit a quick word from uh, the old Shady Rays? <clears throat> I do. Let me uh, let me get prepared here real quick. Oh yeah, right. <sighs> All right, <sighs> got my uh, Shady Rays on. I feel like I do the read better with it. <laughs> Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off 
two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. And the SGPN fantasy football team is giving away a Lamar Jackson jersey in the month of May. Leave a five-star review on our Spotify or Apple podcast to enter. You can DM us your review at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter to confirm your entry. Winner will be selected May 31st. And I am on the clock. I'm stacking up uh, Mr. Jayon Dotson with Mr. Terrence McLaurin. Great pick. Great pick. I have a question I saw that you grabbed Kirk. A little early on the ADPs, probably yeah. about twenty. I have him at QB eight, so I just wanted to make sure I got the stack, which I think that's fair. Um, do you believe just pushing him would have been the way to go? Is because you have Justin Jefferson. Like, who else is going to grab him? Right? Is it the Hawkinson right. guy? Is it the Addison guy? I mean, do you think that like he would have just kept pushing because you are the the Jettis owner? Yeah, I mm. I just also feel like a lot of teams like to play spoiler and they like to snipe. Uh, at least that was my experience early on. Um, so yeah, I guess like when the big board was out and I would be you know having a few of those early one hundred ones, or even when I would have Hawkinson and I would be trying to push it as close as I could, I, I would get picked off. And that was absolutely happening more so in the superflex. So maybe that's just uh, again some more recency bias for me from that experience but yeah I, i'm not afraid to to pull somebody up for correlation uh like i said i have kirk at qb8 so i'm I'm still pretty high on him you know not not somebody that's great for your football team but really good for fantasy like uh i did a write-up on him a couple of weeks back for adp heroes and if you look at the quarterbacks that are being drafted ahead of him he's consistently scored higher than them in the previous three years so like to, like total like underdog points is, is what i was going off of um, so there's just a lot of guys that are ahead of him and in ADP that I still feel comfortable have a very good chance of finishing behind him come, you know, total scoring at the end of the year. Ooh, that pick stings. I really wanted Michael Thomas to fall to me. I think he had a shot to follow me too. Oh, well, definitely a name I was drafting more. So at the beginning of the year was Michael Thomas. I've, I've tuned down my shares a little bit. I, I I'm grabbing him a ton if I can. I think he's a guy that's probably should be 30, 20 picks higher. He should be in the 80s zone. Like if we should be deciding between him and Jahan Dotson, like I would probably take mm. um Michael Thomas in the future. You think Michael Thomas will actually play this year? I think he will. I and I think I, I tweeted a little about this before and I've spoken on it. Like out of all the teams to sign him, you think the Saints would be the last. Right? Like you would think like the team that just paid this guy. Just a ton of money to sit and rehab would be like, hey man, this ain't working out. We look at like look at all the fifth year extensions that got declined this just this mm-hmm. week, right? Every single one of them. It was like half the draft was declined. Half the players did not get resigned. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So it tells me a lot when the guy that feels burned, the the organization that's like, well, we're in cap hell, or da, 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 like bring them back. <laughs> like they must have saw again. Yeah, like they must know something that, you know, like that he's worth like this pain, this suffering that they're going through. And Michael Thomas is QB proof. Let's let's be realistic. He's played with three quarterbacks, four, and would go to all four of them. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees. People are going to point to Drew Brees like, oh, like, see, like that's why he's good. And it's like, no, he's been good with Taysom Hill. Um is he older? Sure. But he's not, he's not a physical dominator. He's not Des Bryant. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, Mike Evans that has to beat you by punishing you with his size and his body. 
He's just a good player. He came back last year, played three games, and dominated in all three games. His first two games, he had three touchdowns. Unlimited snap counts as well. He barely played in those snap games. counts against guys like AJ Terrell. Like, what what else did he really need to do? Right? Like, I get it. Well, we stay healthy would have been great. That 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 would have been a good answer. Stay healthy would have been great. Um, <laughs> but at pick a hundred, pick one ten when he's really going, um, mm-hmm. going to the same team that is like, yo, you know, don't do that to us again. They, you know, it tells me a lot. It tells me everything I need to know that he's probably going to play this year. And is that a bad bet? Fine. But I'm not the one paying him 18, you know, $12 million this year. So it tells me quite a bit. I want to take a shot on him. I do need to lower my expectations of like 30%. But I think when I look at it, he's going to be a guy pick 80, pick, you know, in about two months, month and a half. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be deciding, like I said, between him and Jahan Dotson or him and George Pickens. You know, I, Derek Carr and Michael Thomas or Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. Like, you know, I'm like, who, who do we feel better about when you put those names together? And the answer is like, I feel better with Thomas like 10 out of 10 times because you know he's going to get enough targets. You know he's just that good. We know he's that good. He's like our whole argument is, is that uh, he's just got to stay in the field. And, uh, and believe true. me, I've, I I've been banging the drum there. like I, as loud and proud as I can. I've been bang, banging the MT drum, but uh, you know, I, I need some backup. I need I need some help, Mike Thomas. If he was around five guy, I wouldn't do yeah. it. Around six guy, I wouldn't do it. But you're talking like I said, pick 80, 90, 100. Um, I mean, what can you? It is what it is. You keep your exposures under twenty percent, twenty five on your guys you love, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Because your people lose people all the time through the season. I want the guy that's going to boost my team, not be a, a flat. Um, so like, and I, and I talk about this, like he's coming up on the drain. Like Juju, like Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy that people drafted in the fifth round last year, fourth, fifth. And then like, what did he really do for most teams? Right? There's a lot of dead picks besides being injured. Some guys just don't contribute and they're dead. <laughs> like... <laughs> So I just how I feel about him. So like, uh, there's a lot of guys that just don't contribute, and you get them late. <laughs> I was laughing at Mike's comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I was laughing at Mike's comment. Did you see that? Yeah, I was laughing at it too. That's no, like, and that's why I, I look was, at it. It's I was like, doing some strolling, making uh, some mistakes. Mike, Mike, Rob in the chat. He says Andrew has had two kids since Michael Thomas was good. <laughs> uh, it's a point. I don't disagree with that. It's true. It's always going to be risky. And, uh, um, but like I said, it's one of those. It, as my sixth to seventh receiver, you know, my sixth receiver, or my, even my fifth in some cases, was how many of these guys leapfrog CD mm-hmm. Lamb? How many of these guys leapfrog, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Keenan Allen, Mike? Yeah. You know, like, I don't, there's not many of these guys that my sixth receiver that can do that, or my fifth receiver that can do that. I- I just hate that he he looks like he doesn't want to play football. Like like last year, I feel like he definitely could have came back. You know, I feel like he uh, you know really upplayed the toe injury. I mean, like this man stubs his toe and he's out the entire season. Like, what are we he doing? Will Fuller, but there's like, like yeah, finger. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> it just like I hate drafting guys that I feel like aren't going to give it their all. Um, and just I don't know. Michael Thomas has left a bad taste in my mouth. He has burned me multiple times. I, I do have a little exposure on him. I do think there is a case that he can be good. And I mean, like you said, like he's been good with bad quarterbacks. I don't think Derek Carr's a bad quarterback, but I mean, first year in the system, you know, first year with the team, you know, it's, it's unseen. I know you're a big 
draft Derek Carr guy uh, even naked. So uh, like I I think they Derek, Derek Carr's Derek a, Carr's. <laughs> I, hey, I if there's somebody that can throw a slant, it's Derek Carr, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so I see the case on Michael Thomas. I just hate that I feel like I can't trust him to even play ball. This like I really hope he does get on the field because last time we saw him really play, he was awesome. But damn, I just I don't know. In the back of my mind, I'm like, don't draft him. This guy has no heart for football anymore. Yeah, and I and I hate I've seen players like that, and I have had that same take for them. And Thomas is one of those guys I think like crosses my mind of like, like come on, man, like care, go out there and care a little bit, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I, I believe if a team had to pay him to do it, it's right. that it's like it's them, right? Like it's mm-hmm. you would think the Saints of all people would be like, nah, man, you can go, right? This would be like the Giants signed to Kenny G again. You would you're gonna tell me you're not gonna be at least curious. <laughs> like they got burned from Kenny, yep. like Kenny G hard. If they signed him again, I'd be like, what 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 changed? Right? Like right. I have to contemplate it. And the only difference between Kenny G and Michael Thomas is like Michael Thomas was actually elite. You know, he was actually an elite talent. Kenny G got to play with Matthew Stafford. Right. So flooded with volume, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm just a little bit interested on that portion. I feel like I can't dodge him. As much as I, I didn't take him anywhere last year, by the way. Like I had no Michael Thomas. I was like, hey man, his news injury on his thing was lasting all the way to like August. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound good. But which is the opposite of this year. There's no, hey, Michael Thomas like farted too hard and now has hemorrhoids. He can't play. Anything <laughs> like that going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> so um I always like to think of whatever that news and that narrative is going on. Like, is there right. just concern? Like Javante Williams to like Brees Hall, right? Like we're hearing two different narratives or injuries completely different narratives for guys who took ACL injuries. Obviously one's worse than the other. And we know that, mm-hmm. but no one sounds good over for the Broncos. No one's all like, Javante can start week one. He, oh my God, he's doing cuts. You know, like as long as oh, I'm not seeing negative news, I, I'm happy with that. We just saw Samaje go in round 10, which is incredibly high for him. That is definitely uh, a little high. I've definitely. been taking a, quite See, a few shares of him in zero yes. RB strategy, but not yeah. that early. This you is why people my naked cars. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he fell. Like I'm taking him. Yeah. He's yeah, fall. yeah, yeah. I love Derek Carr, man. Like I don't think I like him much as a player, but I love him in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably for the wrong reasons. Wait one second. I, he's just always at a discount. I mean, anyone that's at a discount and is somewhat semi-reliable, you're just going to be like, hey, that guy. <laughs> Very appreciative yeah. of your uh, of your value. Thank you. People talk. Jordan about Love, two picks later, criminal, criminal. Yeah. Bury that man. Criminal. I mean, he's like quarterback 19, right? Who? There's there's not many quarterbacks this season. You know, Who, Derek Carr it, it or Jordan falls Love? off a cliff after Derek Carr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, like that that was the cliff, literally. Like Jordan yeah. Love two picks later. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's it's such a cliff. Like, I'm done. I'm not I'm not taking my chances with Baker. I'm not taking my chances with Ryan Tannehill. Um like Derek Carr is a huge cliff. And people talk about how bad he was last year. Like he performed the exact same numbers he did the year before right with a shittier coach by all means um so props to him i i I vote for Derek carr every year i think he's a great floor guy with four to six usable games which is the opposite of kirk cousins kirk cousins has like really bad floor but like 10 top s games i love combining Mm -hmm. guys like cousins to uh cousins car i think cousins roger this year is gonna be insane and so that's why i don't like i agree with you by the way on good cousins i I had a big article for Cousins last year. I'm propping up again this year. I think he has a chance to repeat his 2016, you know, 4,800 yards, 
plus the touchdowns with like being like 30 again rather than 29. Right. Um, I'm all for it, man. I think like Cousins and these guys are going to do so much better than taking Mahomes in the second. Um, so let's talk a little bit about build and construction of teams here. What's your what's your preferred build or construction? Um, you know, in, in BBM four, like, are you going what two six eight two? Um, you know, is there something that that you prefer to end up with at the end? You know, that that you're kind of trying to construct it, or are you just letting the board um, tell you how you want to build your team? So I, if I'm not drafting elite tight end, which is probably like eighty percent of my drafts, it's always gonna end with three tight end. Uh, two, six, seven, three, uh, two, five, eight, three, three, five, seven, three. I think those are where I live at. I tried to mix it up a lot last year with some three, four, eight, threes. And like, Mm -hmm. it's a terrible build, not because I don't believe four tight end can, four running backs can get it done. It's the way you have to draft to do like a three, four, eight, three. You have to take more running backs early. Um, you pass up on tight end. You pass up on a lot of good value. I think this year could be a little bit different, but I love the three five seven three. I think it's like the safest build. You can do almost anything with it, besides maybe draft elites, um, and then two six uh, seven three, and then two five eight three. I just love those builds. I feel like you play with a lot, and you're playing the game the way it's meant to be played, using replacement points. Like replacement points are huge. Um, I mean, if you're drafting Jalen Hurts, right? Like, what's the point of having a second quarterback? I, I, you know, and, and it's true, like you do need a little bit of for your bye weeks and maybe Daniel Jones goes off for like, uh, you know, his crazy numbers, but on a week to week basis is like, why am I drafting a second quarterback? If I believe Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes are worth a second round pick, there should be almost no reason I'm grabbing anybody. Right. And if I do grab somebody, I want someone that has to potential to beat them. And once again, like who is those guys that has the potential to beat um, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and it's going to be Kirk Cousins, right? So I got to spend pick 15 on Jalen Hurts just to spend pick 90, 85 for Kirk Cousins. Like, it just seems like a weird value to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I live in a lot of those, like, upper mid quarterbacks, uh, a lot of robust, uh, sorry, robust receivers, anchor, anchor running back, and dual, and, you know, Pat Crane's team, right? Dual elite mm-hmm. court running back. And just punting my next four running backs or three running backs. I like those teams. Yeah, I like that. So two six I like that. seven three, two six, two five, eight, three, things like that. Three five seven three. What about you guys? Uh I mean, I I usually like to stay in the two six eight two, uh two five eight three, something like that. I'm I like to be well balanced. Um I, I'll never just go one quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think that there's that that's a bad way to to go about building something if you have one of these elite guys but i just i just worry a whole lot you know about injury uh if they get injured your your team's completely busted and and you know i i think drafting like that that's kind of what you expect right like that person gets hurt you know i'll use your jalen hurts um example if that if you just have jalen hurts if he gets hurt you know that that team's busted anyway most likely because you probably unless you took another elite quarterback i mean the odds are that you're really not going to be able to sustain a good season with one of these really late round guys, you know, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, you know, uh, Mac Jones, whoever you're picking with mm-hmm. that, if that's the way you build it. So I, I just prefer to stay balanced if at all possible. And I think like the point was like, it's not about the pick itself. It's about the allocation of the yeah. pick. If Jalen Hurts is like pick 70, I would say, yeah, grab three quarterbacks. Right. But like he's picked like 15, like you're, mm-hmm. you're basically saying this guy's <laughs> going to have a great season. 
when you know your first round, your first picks should always be that I guarantee you this guy's going to be good. I know we can't say that in fantasy, but like that's what you're inherently saying when you're picking some person at the top of the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I always have viewed it that way. Uh, and then so when I look at like, like you said, with the you know taking the mid type level guys, it's right. like I believe that there's someone that could beat them, so I just get balances right. Uh, that's I don't know. I just feel like it's a little interesting when you take all those. So when you said two tight ends, do you take elite tight ends then? Uh, yeah, I usually, t- so I like the greater late. Um, you know, I usually try to take at least one elite guy and then um, wait. This build, I did it actually a little different. Um, I took two guys. Now, now I stacked Trevor Lawrence with Evan Ingram or else I wouldn't have done that. But like I took Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts and I'm not going to have, I'm probably not going to draft Desmond Ritter because um, I already have Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence. So it really mm-hmm. depends. I, I don't, feel like i need to stick to exactly what i want to do uh, i really let the board kind of tell me what to do but yeah i mean i prefer to have two maybe three tight ends i'll never go four i'm not going to go four quarterbacks never going to go four tight ends that's not really my thing um mm. and, and again i'm not a guy that really draft a whole lot of three qb builds either i like to stay with the two uh regardless of who i really take unless i really get boned and sniped you know a whole lot and i need to take three of the kenny Pickett, the sam Howell, the mac jones like then i'll take three but okay, ultimately i like to take two yeah i think that's a, that's 100 agreeable on that um i i do think there's like a fine line of where i would take three a lot of my three quarterbacks start at rogers mm-hmm. like if my first guy's rogers uh car then i as much as i like both those guys in fantasy this year yeah. My pick allocation is low, right? Like, I'm paying nothing for these guys. Yep, so right. if I'm picking my first quarterback at 135, my next two quarterbacks can be Sam Howell, Mac Jones, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, uh, Matthew Stafford. Like, it's cool. Go three. Because you're not spending a lot on them. You must have spent a lot on something else. And I think that's where I look at it. Yep. I like to do the the three, five, eight, two. Uh, with the last draft I did, I went Kelsey with my first pick and I went tight end with my very last pick. And I can't, the tight end isn't coming to me, but I remember feeling like not bad about it with like just the, the late round tight ends that are available, especially in non super flex. Uh, yeah. But I think what I really like about these, the three potential QB strategy is just these late round stacks that you can pick up. Um, I just grabbed Sam Howell to pair with uh, three uh, commander players i had had a run of houston players where i went singletary collins stroud uh had schultz with him back there i feel like you they're your stacking ability with a lot of these discounted players in the back end especially some of these qbs you're going to be able to make some uh, some bread on so if you're expecting any high outcomes for some of these later round guys like having their quarterbacks there for you know some of those dud potential Kirk cousins weeks i'm feeling pretty good about it uh, davis let me ask you obviously you know they kind of threw us a curveball this year with how they are allocating all the money uh, for best ball mania. Um, are, is your focus going to still be on the playoffs and week 17 correlation? Are you going to kind of middle yourself between all your drafts and kind of do a little bit of the, you know, setting up teams for the playoffs as opposed to setting up teams for the regular season? Like how are you viewing all this differentiating, uh, you know, allocation of money now? I'm going to have such an unpopular opinion on this. Uh, I have the worst opinion for this. Um, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care either way. I think good teams do good stuff, right? Like, um, every week has a, every team has a bad week. Every team is going to do well. All I care about is the consistency of what my team is doing. And, and, and I know people are going to say, well, the stacks matter. And I do agree. The stacking matters a ton. 
because when you stack, you're low, you're basically making a bet saying that this team's gonna do X. It's gonna be great. If I took three Vikings, I expect three Vikings to be relevant all season. Nothing involved with that. But uh one thing I've noticed, and I did a lot of like naked teams last year because sometimes I just take best value. Like if I can get great, if I can get the wide receiver one from every team, that's probably gonna perform better than wide receiver one, two, and a tight end from a team, right? Like realistically, if I get you know, like the three stars of each other. It's going to be good, right? Let's be real. You know, that's true. Like, but the one thing I always look at for that is like, if my team can consistently put up 128, 140, 150 a week, do I care mm. what they have stacks? Probably not. I just care that their, their ranges are so good. And I had a team like this last year where the stack was simple. It was like just Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. And eventually Hawkinson got traded to this team. And I think there was like one other minor stack there too. Um, and the team put up like 1,900 and, oh no, put up 2,002 points on the regular season. So in 14 weeks, they put up 2,000 points. It would have been, it was the third highest scoring puppy team, puppy two team in the entire puppy two. And it would have been like number 15 in BVM, right? Team makes it all the way to the finals, gets blown out right at the end of week, of the semifinals. It loses by one catch. I lost by like half a point. So am I sour? Yes. <laughs> Very sour. Team <laughs> would have sucked tough, anyways. Yeah, I was going to say. Like... I lost a couple hundred bucks. Not a big deal. But my thing I look at this team as I go, and I looked at the numbers. Every week it was like averaging 140 plus. Do I care what stats it had? No. I just care that this team was hitting every week for 17 weeks straight, 16 weeks straight, 140 points, 130 points. It was just, I think I had like one bad week and it's bad because like 100, right? So this team was crushing and that's all I care about. I just care about making, getting the team. And I, and I do think something is fundamentally go with it, right? Stacking does come with there, but do I need three stacks to do that? No, I think I need one stack. I think narrowing maybe skinny stacks was good. Um, narrowing the right offenses right team right players but i don't personally care to draft for one or the other i think they coincide if i have a top scoring team in regular season i have to assume that it's going to do well in finals if i um do i need to correlate that a little bit possibly because i said we are inherently going to stack anyways i'm never gonna i say the word never but odds are i'm not just going justin jefferson and not stacking you know kirk cousins at some point at least i'm not trying to right um, I think they go hand in hand at some point, but I think you're just, I think you're focusing on one over the other is once again, missing the point of the format. The format is to be the best every week. What format changes that? I don't think there, there's a format that does. I don't think, I don't think anyone in best ball says, Hey man, you can do good. Kind of good now, but really good later. It's <laughs> can you team put up every week? And right. I think that's the heart of best ball. That's why we have replacement points. That's why we draft seven, eight people at a, a position. It's you're just trying to get the best points out there. Yep. Um, and none of us are have a crystal ball to predict that. And I guess it's the whole <laughs> thing. It's like we can't. Um, so I'm just going to draft the best things to help this team get to 1,800 points. Which, if you need to know the numbers, I think that's like 20, 128 points a week to get 1.5%, 1,800 points a week, 1,800 points by week 14. So yep. how do I get a team to 128? And that's mm -hmm. getting contribution points every single week as I do this. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know some people, like I get stacking for week 17. I, and that's all you're doing is you're narrowing your odds of failure. And I think that goes hand in hand with a good week every week. Yep. 
so it hasn't me. changed how I draft. Um, but it does make me consider like I can't roll blast RP because I know roll blast RP don't generally do the best. So there's something mm-hmm. I just can't do anymore if I want to meet in the middle for a lot of these things. Yep. Right. Justin, do you want me to uh pay a bill here real quick? Yep, good. All right. Uh, obviously, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Plus, plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and the MLB with their uh, player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Don't miss your pick. Yep, I don't know. Uh, it's Kentucky Derby Week and the no- notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for all your triple crown bets. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and Belmont Saturday, June 10th, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of the Wolf's one-of-a-kind Fallen Bob painting. It's post time. All right, and we're back in. Where are we at here on the board? We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. I mean, uh, I answered that question. What was? What do you guys think? Do you draft differently because of regular season and? Um, oh, sorry. Finals. I don't. Not necessarily. No. Um, I just want to get my best collection of value. Really, uh, that's what I'm always hunting for. Is just my value picks and, you know, spots where I can pull guys up if I want. I mean, schedule's not even out yet, so for me, there's no real focus there. Yeah, I think throughout the se- throughout the uh, off season here, um, I'm probably gonna do a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I'd like to try to win, you know, both if at all possible, right? I think that that's the ultimate goal is to try to win as much money as possible here. And I think the way to do that is have some correlation for week 17. You know, make sure you have that so that if you do make the playoffs, you can contend with people who have been hot and heavy on that. But also try to win, you know, or, or place as high as you can in the regular season. You know, I had a couple teams last year that were floating in the you know in in the 150s and the 200s for a while and uh you know th- those team would have made me a few thousand dollars at the end of the season so i i think drafting for both is good um i'm just always interested to know because now you know obviously this last year all the money was was at the top in the playoffs now that it's allocated a little differently um i'm just very curious to know how people are going to be drafting because you know are, are you just going to go for the 3 million are you going to just try to get a little bit of money and kind of, you know, maximize your return on investment. Um, but I, I think for myself, it's going to be a little bit of both. And I'm going to try to, however many teams I'm drafting, I'm going to try to do, you know, 33% now, 33% in the middle and 33% at the end as well. And I've seen other people talk about that, trying to allocate enough, well, you know, before the ADP is really set in like now, do them in the middle. And then obviously at the end, when you know who is probably going to be on the field more often that, you know, more often than not, because right now we're drafting people at the, like I just took Terrence Marshall, just thinking that he could potentially be the one on Carolina, you know, maybe the two. And, uh, but, yeah. but I mean, come August, he may not even be on the team. I mean, we have no idea. So I think there's just, there's a little uncertainty right now with the drafting. And I think it's smart to kind of allocate yourself, to, you know, uh, to a little bit now, a little bit in the middle and a little bit towards the end. I just laugh because you're like, you can might have to be on the team. I'm like, God, that's so true. I had teams like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, too. <laughs> I'm out here with like Rashad Perryman and like 
Tyrell Williams and both guys get cut. And I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, unfortunately right now we just have no idea. So you're just, you know, you're pissing in the wind, essentially. You're just throwing darts at the dartboard here. And, uh, but I think that that's what, what makes drafting right now. So fun is that, you know, I mean, if Terrence Marshall was the number is the number one on Carolina, there's no way he's going to be going around 18 come August. So I think it's, right. it's good for people to draft right now with that mindset. So I broke my numbers down from what would have worked when. So last year in BBM3, I had 11 teams that was in the top, 11 or 12 that were in the top 1.5%. That would have made me, like you said, a couple thousand dollars. I had a team, I had no teams in the top 500, but I had so uh, so many teams in the 5 to 1,000 and a ton in the 1,000 to 10. So it, I would probably would have made like three plus thousand dollars before I even got to round two. Mm-hmm. Great for me. Um, when I looked at my puppy ones to my puppy threes and fours, the numbers were as expected. Puppy one had the least amount of teams that would have been top, you know, um, 10K. Puppy two had the second least. Puppy three had the third. And I know obviously we have shown there's math to this um, that the data has shown that if you wait a little bit longer, that's your your ability to score more points becomes likely because you tend to have more information, right? We have way more information in August than we do in May 2nd, right? Like we're going to have way more information. And um, and obviously those teams will generate. It doesn't mean you'll make finals more because there actually has been another, I think uh, FPPC showed that like people make finals in the same rate no matter where you're at because it's mm-hmm. just how finals goes. But your overall points are a little bit higher. So yeah, you do lose a little bit of EV, I think, drafting now. But I did still have four teams in Puppy 1 that would have broke that threshold. Puppy 2 had my best scoring team. That would have made me 10 grand. Which I think all of us will agree that ten grand is worth more than you know five two fifties, right? Like, ooh, I got two hundred fifty dollars five more times. And my puppy three, I think, had like a couple of teams that would have made like three to five grand, right? Like, um, but your odds do go higher. I do think like that thirty three percent split up is what I'm actually doing too. I'm drafting a bunch now. I'm gonna nap through June probably a little bit, and when puppy one twos come out, I'm gonna spend all my time doing the puppies, and I'm not gonna be able to do as many BBMs. I do all my BBMs fast, by the way. I don't do any slows. I take zero slows. Yes. I do 150 Same. by hand. Slow yeah. is hell. I yeah. can't. I can't handle it. I, I think can't. slow kills drafting. Like it makes it unfun. It becomes mm-hmm. like a computerized system. Like I'm factory working now. Like oh, I gotta make my 17 Michael Thomas picks. You know, like you know, it just sucks. Yeah. Um. I yeah, but like I said, the math does show that we do get more points the longer we wait. But I do think that it doesn't change our finals outcome. I had a, we have a friend that had two finals that he drafted in May, in BBM. <laughs> he drafted two two of the teams in the finals were teams that were from May. That's impressive. The main guy. So something to just think about. Like I know we're pissing away Evie a little bit drafting now, but like are we? I had like I said, I had four. Puppy I'm having a great time pissing out. away what? Yeah, I had like four puppy one teams, and I, I and the total teams like it did gradually get better. But my puppy two team was the one that had the nuts scoring, so. You got to put yourself in these odds, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, and uh, so, so before we wrap up, I you had a tweet that, that you tweeted a while back, and I just saw it the other day again. I thought it was hilarious. You, it goes, uh, your wife says, what is underdog and why is money going to it? You put, it's a charity for underprivileged dogs. Just <laughs> that, that, that made me laugh out loud. I always like to point out when things actually make me laugh, and that one was pretty funny. I used that on my wife, and she's like, I, I know it's best ball. You don't have to lie to me. I'm like, I, I, I'm like somebody else said it. It was funny. So I just I wanted to bring that up. It's hilarious. 
So I forgot how I came up with that. I think like BBM four had just like announced, and in my head I'm like, oh, I gotta put a lot of money into this. And I'm like, oh, my wife's gonna ask me where did our money go, and I'm gonna be like, what's the underdog? You know, I was just joking. It's just like, ugh, and she knows oh, I want this. But I was like, what would I tell her if she didn't know? I'd be like, oh yeah, it's like, it's like for, you know, it's for underprivileged dogs. And I always thought the word underprivileged is always like such a trigger. Where I'm like, oh my god, they're underprivileged. Like we got to wrap help, it up, you know. And it reminded me of the league, uh, Down Doggy. It was another thing. Yes. To I was like, the league. So awesome dumb. show. Great show. I was a little surprised that went as viral as it did. It was just like a like a dad joke. It was like, I'm going to make like this really dumb pun joke. And yeah. I went like. Forever unclean. It. <laughs> That's a great joke. My virtual Twitter likes. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys want to uh, go ahead and review our teams before we head out? Oh, God. Mine's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, here, I'm, I'll go first because, again, I, I just tried something that I have not tried in a while, and that is doing, uh, you know, elite QB as well as, uh, you know, the upper echelon of tight end, which, unfortunately, ties your – no, 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 no. Oh, okay. it, it, I, thought, uh, I saw it, you drafting uh, Raven receiver, so I didn't know. I did. I did draft two of the Raven receivers. So, anyway, so, so I went Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, running backs are Travis Etienne, James Cook, Jamal Williams – Jeff Wilson, Tajay Spears, and Kenny Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, Steph Diggs, Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers, and Rashad Bateman. Sky Moore, Jonathan Mingo, John Mechie, Terrence Marshall. Tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram. So, nice. question for you for this on um, their QB picks. Actually, yeah. some people may not like this because it's Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and they'll say you're investing. I think it's kind of cool. Um, I do like these kind of picks because wait uh, so i like this kind of pick because when you think about what trevor lawrence could do he could be elite he could give you weeks so he might beat josh allen yeah so we'll see how he goes in that case um but anyways the other question i was asked sky Moore. are you like you in on him i feel like that's I an am. interesting one i'm so scared of sky Moore. i i am um i i think there's a just right now drafting right now there's a lot of uncertainty with the chiefs wide receivers you know is mvs gonna have a a a hand in the offense still is sky more going to take a step forward uh rasheed rice now on the chiefs as well you know wh- where's he going to fit in you know there's a lot of uncertainty here so i'm like i i, I want to take bullets on any of these guys um i, I think i like to lean towards sky more uh, a little more as well as rasheed rice you know i know he's a a rookie and you know we can kind of him and hall about how rookies actually do but in this offense i think he could be really good uh you know and i didn't i didn't even mention Kadarius tony again Kadarius tony's going a lot higher than a lot of these guys and that's another man that just finds himself on the bench a lot due to injury so i think there's a lot of uncertainty and i i, I like sky more i think he's he has untapped potential currently yeah i'm not a tony guy i have a bet against hope that michael thomas outperformed tony um, <laughs> people have told us you should have a bet who plays more games. And yeah, like, I was gonna say I was like, they, I was like, come I, on, I guess I think you shot. Um, I think you need to have uh, at yeah. least a minimum game threshold to compare yeah. bets. Like each player needs to at least play seven to eight games for the bet to be live. So like, and that was the thing I thought about like with the more I, I traded for him in Dynasty like before Rashid Rice got drafted, obviously, and I'm like, yeah, but I'll probably should have waited. But right. I mean, I don't is he? I don't think he's actually X out. Like you said, like it's. Darius Tony like could be anything. He right, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any snaps. And in my opinion, he kicked, he punted a return last year. Like that doesn't scream great to me. Like we gave yeah. Gibson so much crap for kick returning, right? So right. why don't we give for Darius Tony? Right. Um, and then we know MVS is MVS is MVS. 
he's just Kobe Fleener, like who plays wide receiver. And um, Fleener, so wow. I always think, <laughs> yeah, what what a, what a am I wrong though? Like, what a drop! Yeah, no, no, you, you nailed it on the head. <laughs> he's just wide receiver Kobe Fleener. He got to play with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and just never did anything with it. Oh, Andrew right. Luck could have been Hall of Famer. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. you, get my, you get my gist, but like, right. You know, maybe maybe we're wrong on Sky Moore. I, I'm I'm not so wrong, but I want to be wrong. I want Sky Moore to have the season, so we all can like. Shot. They're all lottery tickets, in my opinion. Every one, every yeah, single exactly. one of them. I mean, they drafted Rashi Rice. I think Richie James is just as much of a lottery ticket, to be perfectly honest oh with you. God, I mean, I, I feel Richie like James there too. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a deep group, and yeah. hell, for all I know, we, one of those guys could get cut or moved. You know, like I have I have no yeah. clue. We just, I mean, we saw Sky Moore get involved in the Super Bowl as well. You know, he caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that Andy Reid is going to scheme him up. And and the way I look at it is, he has the same skill set as Kadarius Tony, minus the injury history. So if Kadarius Tony goes out, I think they're going to really fill Sky Moore into that position. But he has standalone value regardless, even if uh, Kadarius Tony's on the field. Right. Sky Moore reminds me of like those types that's like they're very in between receiver. Like he's not fully electric like Kadarius Tony, but he's also not super raw like the big body guys that just kind of like I beat you because I'm big. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sky Moore's like that very in middle type of guy, like you know, probably like a better juju, right? A more electric juju, and that's yeah. not that's not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm interested to see what he does. I, I just I find myself off of him, but like I said, I, I hope I'm wrong, and I actually think I am. Because I think Kadoni might not be the guy. I think this team ends up being, you know, I think MVS is going to be on the field because he's just a deep threat. But like MVS, Kelsey, obviously, Sky Marashi Rice by end of season. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get moved there and it's going to ruin everything. Oh, Hopkins is going to Buffalo. Stop it. If Hopkins goes there, he's going to be in like in the second round. Oh, my God. Yeah. You want to talk about an ADP leap? Oh, God. Yeah. No, he'll go round one. He'll go round one. For sure. Uh, then, yeah, so I just had to touch on that. I, I guess I yeah. like the way you did your tight end picks. I think I hate people who take like elite tight end and then they put that butt end that isn't Kelsey, but they'll put like anybody else and they'll put like some rando guy you never heard of, like Austin Hooper. Like that's not good because you just lose either way. I think balancing yep. your Pittman to Ingram is really strong because then you mm-hmm. basically have like a very small range of what your misses are. I think yep. you get like a touchdown every week in tight end, which is amazing, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just hope that he signs his tender and, and stays on the field because I saw he's already missing, um, you know, voluntary workouts. So we'll see. Everybody misses voluntary workouts. Yeah. <laughs> Who Ingram? Everybody. Yeah. He's on. He's on the. He's on the tag. That's why I think. Yeah. Just wants an extension. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll roll through my team pretty quick here. I've got Kirk Cousins, C.J. Stroud, Sam Howell. Uh, running back, we're looking at Derek Henry, Antonio Gibson, Devin Singletary, Zach Evans, Gus Edwards. At receiver, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Jayon Dotson, uh, Nico Collins, and Xavier Hutchinson, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, last overall pick, and backed up with two tight ends in Dalton Schultz and Gerald Everett. Not bad. I like that you stacked that up. The Nico, the Schultz, that's yeah. funny, with, with the Air Stroud. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Xavier Hutchinson, definitely a lottery ticket, but, you know, a receiver in an uh, in an opportunity that feels like he can climb the depth chart like in a blink of an eye. So uh, I like Nico coming back as just, you know, probably the most consistent player in the in the in the system in the offense. Uh, but it's pretty wide open for that group there. And then I have Schultz there as well. You know, Singletary's mixed in. So, you know, those are, you know, the the playing from behind narratives. I got to bang the drum on. Hopefully they're just losing every single week or they're playing at least some half-assed competitive uh, football and 
you know, garbage points it up. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny because you took like two of the guys I like on there. Like I like Singletary. I like Gus. I think they're just really strong values. Mm-hmm. People always talk about, oh, this guy lost in the draft. And, you know, and, and as much as people like to draft Khalil Herbert last year, and I'm like, well, Devin Singletary and Gus are basically Khalil Herbert from last year, but 90 picks later or 70 picks later, but nobody likes them because their names aren't sexy. Like no one's no, looking no, at Devin Singletary not. and saying that his 900 yards were good. Hey, like, and Singletary ranked at the top of uh, explosive runs. So, I mean, again, like this is a guy that's now on a team that wants to run the ball a lot. You know, with D'Amico Ryan's coming over from Kyle Shanahan tree, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. So I think he's I think where he's going, his his ADP value is through the roof with how many touches he has the potential of getting. And he has some good pass catching ability. Not amazing, but there was a reason why they used him in pass catching roles. I know he has a bad PFF grade for pass catching. I think a lot of that leads on. Jonathan, like on Josh Allen, honestly, I think Josh Allen's just not a great pass passer when it comes to the short range stuff. I mean, he's a runner himself, right? Exactly, that too. Um, but I find like that's really interesting. And Gus Edwards, like, who came to replace him? Nobody, nobody. nobody. And and JK is still there, and they're going to split that backfield. But I just don't think that they're trying to burn either of those guys. They were in discussions as a dark horse for uh. For Dalvin Cook, I, I just don't feel like they're going to be a buyer of a, a, a run, running back of that stature. Yeah, so those Wouldn't guys I, it, I take quite a bit of. Yep. All right, what, what do you got, Davis? We'll head out of here. All right, I'm still admiring your three awesome receivers, JJ. <laughs> oh. Like this oh, was time about like you grabbed the oh, yeah. one from every team. Like, do you care if you stacked? Probably not. Like, I just oh. think like you got the one of everybody. It's so good. Oh, no, I, um, I, I absolutely love it, especially the Terry and DJ values. Like, they're just so discounted. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's free money. Well, my team is my typical, like, mid-running quarterback. So, I got Rodgers and Naked Carr, which wasn't intentional by any means. It just happened. I was like, I'll get John Johnson. Like, I'll get him my next pick. And, like, he got snatched, like, immediately. I'm like, I should not have taken Dalton Kincaid, but that's fine. Whatever. Do whatever. i <laughs> about later. Uh, so, Rodgers, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, James Conner. You know, this is just mid level running backs. Yeah, Chase Brown, Tanks Bigby, and um, Tank Bigsby, and then James Robinson. I, I like those. I mean, James Robinson's going to be the least sexy name, but I, I'm really interested in, in Tank Bigsby right now. I, I feel like a lot of those plotter running backs have always been unsexy from the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? Like, Aaron Blount was not sexy when he came back there. No, you and know? then he led the league in touchdowns. Yeah, Damian Harris is not anyone's favorite until after, you know, he started doing nuts. So, like, I just, mm-hmm. you know what, like, let's assume they do a committee that they always done. And that's what Bill does, right? That's what Bill does. He does weird, he does weird Bill things. And I, I'm going to go with it. Uh, my receivers are Tyreek Hill, Amon Ra, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Traylon Burks. Once again, the ones of every team, right? Give or take what Chris Godwin is. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard, MVS. Um, guys who I think they have contribution weeks. Stacks with my Rodgers. And then Cole Komet, Dalton, uh, Dalton Kid, and then Tyler Conklin to get me a weird okay. Jet stack. I think I wanted to get Higby on this team. I love Higby. I think Higby Conklin and like a a touchdown dependent tight end like Taysom Hill is like really strong. I feel like Conklin and Higby are these very interesting. Like, oh, I caught six passes for sixty yards. Tight ends, right? These flatliners. Um, but you know, I couldn't get Jason Hill, so Cole, Cole Komet, Dalton Kincaid, and Tyler Conklin. So basic two, six, seven, three. Nothing too crazy. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Nice stacking there. Uh, I I actually like this team. I like your running backs uh, probably a lot more than the average bear does. I'm I'm a big Miles Sanders guy. You know, going to Carolina. You know, mm-hmm. going back with Deuce Staley. Um, and actually Chase Brown. 
Very, very underrated pick there. I think Cincinnati can use the shit out of him. Yep. So I, I, I really like that a lot. You know where yeah. Cincinnati likes to go a lot, just like about every single game? The red zone. Chase Brown's <laughs> going to get that usage, I'm telling you. Like that, that's a great pick. Yeah. yeah. And if Mixon goes away, uh, you want to talk about another person that's going to see a very large leap in ADP. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about this before, though. Like, even when Mixon was there, we've seen these other guys just get used. Yeah. Chris I Evans, Samaj P. Ryan. Like, yep. I, I feel like th this guy's going to have a role. Yep. Agreed. <clears throat> All right, do cool. you guys approve? Like I said, I like the plotters, man. I love my yeah. players that can plot their way to 40 yards on a touchdown. And it's something that I've learned over the years with ETR. It's like, get those guys a high value. Like, screw the PPR, which I always agreed with anyways. This is half PPR. Six catches is three points. No one cares, right? Like, but one touchdown is worth that many catches. So that's what I buy. I just buy high, hoping for plotters. Right. I hear your cat in the background. Is he is he hungry or uh, what, what's what's oh, what's he, he looking for? Hang out with him. <laughs> so I I have the same treatment from uh, from my cats and my 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 oldest cat just loves to go outside. So my office now is on the first floor and there's the front door like right here. So he just comes down middle of a show while I'm working. Whatever. Hey man, hey man, let me out. <laughs> let me out. It's like little Rick. Let me out. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, mine likes to hang out on my lap during the show. So he likes watching the screen. Dr. Evil status. I love it. Yes, that. exactly. <laughs> he's just right here. He came back up. He wanted to hang. So he's just That's hanging awesome. out. Now he's quiet because he likes lap time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. You, you got anything to share with the folks uh, that you're working on or something to look out for in the uh, the upcoming weeks before we head out here? Uh, you know, just catch us on the shows at Road 150 on Thursdays. Uh, That's, uh, That's on Hope, Hope Bishops. Yeah, correct. Yep. That's me and Help's show we do on Thursday. She does her own streams on the side, and we have our collaborated show on Thursday. Cool. Uh, catch us when we can there. I am doing some articles. I'll be doing some videos for basically some beginner guides. I, you know, we're super early at best ball, and as much as like people think that some of us are very touts, like, oh my god, that guy's so sharp. Oh, he did so well last year. I'll tell you right now, like a lot of my teams suck. Like, <laughs> like a lot of them suck, and we got better over the years. Like, if you look at a lot of my big board teams last year or the before this year or sorry not last year but the year before like bbm twos styles I, I i missed i lost every team i played like seven and i wasn't remotely close we get better and there's a lot of beginners in the game um we're coming from redraft we're coming from dynasty we're coming mm -hmm. from a different format i think beginner guides are going to be a thing that we need to really get on mm -hmm. so that's what i'm gonna do this year i'm gonna make sure that people start winning um love it we'll get good advance rates you know 16 percent's the floor we got to go above that yes Stick it to underdog. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Andrew, anything to share? Uh, no, man. No, I, I think we're going to be, we have another show coming up Thursday. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. So uh, catch us Thursday. Make sure you're tuning in. Obviously, everyone watching a show at in the beginning of May is a sicko, just like the rest of us. So we don't have to tell them. But, uh, you know, obviously tuning into the show helps you realize who you should be drafting now, who you should be fading now, because these ADPs are going to change massively throughout the year. Yep, absolutely. We always have our pulse on the ADP market, on the player market and fantasy. So come ride with us. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, smash the fantasy tab, and we've got all the good stuff for you, whether me and Andrew are bringing you best ball, uh, Dave and Brad are bringing you dynasty or Emerson with dynasty as well. Uh, we got Gary Van Dyke on IDP. We've got all the good stuff. So come ride with us. Be sure to smash the like button here on YouTube and follow us on Spotify and Apple by downloading and leaving a positive review. Take care, be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.